This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We're working our way through the best conference in football, the AFC, and giving you who we think the most important member of each team is. Let me test my memory skills real quick. We just did this episode before this one, so if you missed the AFC North or the AFC South, you got to go to Steelers.com and you got to find that podcast uh, before we get to the East and the West in this episode. But let me try to go off the top of my head here and just run down the list of who we had. For the Baltimore Ravens, I had Marquise Hollywood Brown. Kellen had J.K. Dobbins, uh-huh. and Jacob had Patrick Queen, the uh-huh. linebacker for the Ravens. The Browns, I had Miles Garrett. Kellen had the offensive line, mm-hmm. and Jacob, oh, this is where I'm starting to slip. He had Juice Landry. He had Jarvis Juice Landry as his most important player for the Cleveland Browns. Stepping six for in, six so far. Stepping in and stepping up for OBJ. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kellen and I both had Najee Harris. Uh uh, Jacob had Najee Harris too. No, did I get Kendrick one wrong Green. there? You had Kendrick Green, the offensive line. Offensive line was our honorable mentions for Kellen and I as well. Very important part of the Steelers team for the Bengals. I had the offensive line. Kellen, just to be different, chose Jamar Chase, and Jacob chose Zach Taylor, his first of two head coaches that he picked on this list. You'll see one more in this episode. In as the well. in the AFC South, I picked Darius Leonard for the Colts to be their most important player. Kellen picked Quentin Nelson, probably the best offensive lineman. In all of football. And Jacob, I guess you're just not that important to me because you're the one that keeps <laughs> slipping my mind. Eric Fisher, I'm the so tackle hurt. from, the like, tackle from the, I got it, though. I got it, though. Eric Fisher, tackle, newly minted in his Colts gear after coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I had the offensive line protecting Trevor Lawrence. Kellen had that running back duo of Travis Etienne and of uh, Robinson. James, Robinson. James Robinson. And then Jacob had his second head coach, Urban Meyer, as his most important member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Titans, it was a clean sweep. We all thought it was Derrick Henry, and we all chose to pass on picking anybody for the <laughs> Texans. Although I picked uh, Titus. I keep losing his name every time I look down. Titus Howard. I don't even know the guy, but I'm picking him as my most important Kellen player. I did pick Kellen, him. and you guys picked Lar- Laramie Tunsil as your most important player for the Houston Texans. But now you're caught up to speed. If you want to listen to the analysis for all of those players, pick, go ahead and listen to the former episode that we did. But now it's time to get cracking on the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are the favorite to win the AFC East. They are the defending AFC East champions. And this is a roster that is pretty solid from top to bottom. I'd say probably their most important player is Josh Allen, but can't in do case it. you don't know, you can't do that in this exercise. You can only pick a player that's not a quarterback on the roster. I chose Devin Singletary, and I really hated myself for choosing that because there's nothing really sexy about yeah. Devin Singletary. He's going into his third season in the NFL. He's a third-round pick out of Florida Atlantic. It'll be him and Zach Moss pretty much going one for one with each other too, but he is listed as the starter, and I think he has a little bit more potential than Zach Moss, but... You know, the Bills were like the Steelers last year. Is that they did not run the ball very well, uh, particularly from the running back position. Josh Allen was their most effective yeah, runner. Yeah, he helps. It was more by choice, though. Like, they just chose to straight up pass the ball a ton last year, and you could really get away with that choice when your quarterback is a young Josh Allen and yeah. not an aging Ben Roethlisberger, but I digress. Devin Singletary, like I said, he doesn't have that much pedigree with him coming out of Florida Atlantic. He was a third-round pick, but... I would have liked to see them address this position group in the offseason more, whether that be draft or free agency or trade. 
Like a guy that was out there that I think would have been great for the Bills to get was a Kenyon Drake, but he found himself in Oakland or yeah. excuse me, in Vegas this year. So just anybody that they could have brought into upgrade, I think could have done them wonders. They did not. So therefore, I think they're putting a lot of onus on Devin Singletary. And I could even throw maybe Zach Moss in there as well. It's going to be really important for them to just get a little bit better in that running back position, running the football, if they want to take that next step and, and get to the Super Bowl this year. No, I hear you there. Um, and I don't. I think the running backs are important. The guy that's the most important is Stephon Diggs for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great pick. Just because. So I had Emmanuel Sanders as my honorable mention just because he would take some attention away, away from, from Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. But Diggs is so great. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's the the blanket, the security blanket for, for Josh Allen. And Behind DeAndre Hopkins, maybe the second best receiver right now in the league. I yeah. think you can make that case. Because Julio's kind of dropping off a little bit. Uh, he's definitely in the top three. I no think, doubt. Diggs. I mean, he was I unbelievable so. last year, and he's finally had a, a guy that— And that's the thing. He's almost getting better, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I think he is getting better. Um, and with Allen having, you know— Again, as I said, Diggs is a security blanket, but when you mention a security blanket, it's normally a guy that'll catch the five, six, seven-yard route when you're in a pinch— with Diggs, it's the 20, 30-yard pass when you're in a pinch. You know, he's the security blanket for Allen. Um, and if he goes down, I mean, they don't have a bad wide receiving group. It's not like it would be awful. Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is a good signing for them. It is. And, and, I mean, Gabriel Davis isn't bad, but Isaiah McKenzie isn't awful. At least you have some guys that are capable of playing. But it completely changes the offense if Diggs somehow goes down or if you know he, he's not good which I don't see how he wouldn't be good but no. for me Diggs is the most important he really makes that offense go and that's even more so in case they just decide as you said Tom to do what they did last year and not run the football he's the most important guy I'll just do something different here because I like both of your picks I'll go with both rookie defensive ends that they drafted in the first and the second round Carlos Basham and uh Greg Rousseau. Carlos Basham, great name for a defensive player. You know what his nookie name his nookie name, his nickname is? No. Boogie. Carlos Boogie Basham. That's awesome. Pretty great. This guy's already one of my favorite players. But we already know how skilled they are at the at the secondary with guys like Carlos Hyde, guy or Micah Hyde, sorry, not Carlos Hyde, uh, and Tredavious White, of course, and then we know how great the the other Edmonds brother is there in Buffalo. They really need to address their defensive line up front, and they went back-to-back defensive ends, one right, one left what do you in think the first that two rounds. tells you how they feel about Ed Oliver, the guy they took a couple years ago with their first-round pick? I know he's more of an inside guy, but he's not working out on that defensive I guess not. Line. No, I mean, if, if you go back-to-back at the same position in the first two rounds, that, that shows you need – that you think it's, it's a problem for you right now. So I guess it's not going great for him. So I'm going to go just the rookie pair of defensive ends that they drafted this past year. Bills are going to be a really tough team this year. Could be the team right there with the Chiefs again on championship weekend trying to dethrone the back-to-back AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. Steelers will get a taste of Buffalo right out of the gate in week one as they travel up to New York to face the Bills. The Miami Dolphins are another team on the rise, finishing second in the division last year and just barely missing out on a wild-card spot. They still were able to win 10 games last season. For me, I have Xavier Howard, the cornerback, as their most important piece. 
I think the Dolphins are contenders for the East this year. I think they will put up a fight with the Buffalo Bills, and I think they might steal a game from the Bills. But you know, Brian Flores strikes me as a defensive-minded guy once he gets his team the way he wants his team. And I think Howard might be the most talented player on their roster overall, even though we're not pl- playing the game. Who's the most talented? Who's the most important? I-, I think he checks both of those boxes, actually. And if he just continues to be a shutdown corner in that secondary, that's going to be a really solid defense and hopefully take a lot of the pressure off of an offense that's young and trying to find itself in this league. And if it can, it has the potential to be great. You've got young receiver in Waddle. You've got a young quarterback in Tua. You've got a young tight end in Gasicki. I mean, there's young bodies all around that offense. So I think the onus, as they really start to contend in Tua's youth, is going to be on that defense because I think they're a little bit more ahead of the curve as far as talent-wise and as far as experience-wise compared to that offense. And I think Xavier Howard's the one that's going to lead that charge. Uh, that's my pick too, Tom, is Xavier Howard. And it's really because of the fact when you look at that offense, there's not uh, there's not many guys you can make it just because there's no superstars there. You know, and as your point, as you said, they're a young offense and, and two is leading them and, and you don't exactly know what Tua is yet, um, even though he did, you know, spend what, half the year starting last year, around half the year. Um, I think it's more important, and the onus is more on the defense and Xavier Howard because they do have a, a really good defense. And if they would in have Miami Minka too, I mean, Minka oh, and Howard would have been yeah, it would have been unbelievable. I mean, they would have been one of the best secondaries in the league. And there and was it a still moment might be. when Howard was also on those trade block rumors. And there's still a little bit to that at this I don't point. Think I don't think it's going to happen now, at yeah. this point. But there's some there's some stuff swirling around. Maybe he will be traded. I, I don't know, but I think he is the most. I'm important. sure he's happier now. Because he's in yeah. South Beach and winning. Right. I mean, it's hard yeah. to be uh, miserable when I can get maybe, you know, you're in South Beach. It's fun. A couple years you're losing. You want to win. Yeah. But now that he's winning and he's in South, right. how could you want to leave? Yeah, no, I hear you. But I think he is the, the most important because, you know, again, I, it was a little slight, I guess, on the offense. It wasn't meant to be. It was just because they're all good players. There's no, like, standout above the rest, in my opinion. I know Waddle could be that. I mean, Devontae Parker and Fuller are good wide receivers. Are they among the top, you know, the league's best? No. But no, I do yeah. think I do think Xavier Howard is absolutely among the league's best secondary guys, and that's probably the best position on that team mm-hmm. is their secondary, and, and and more specifically their defense is the best part of that team. So yeah, I think Xavier Howard is is my guy there too. I think he's the best player on that team, and I don't think it's close. I think the potential for Tua is possible, and I like the fact that they went out and got a former teammate of his and. Jalen Waddle, but I don't think that's Jaylen, my honorable mention. Oh, Jaylen I'm not going to go Jalen Waddle. I'm going to go Austin Jackson, uh, their former, their first round pick in 2020, just uh, a year ago. He's the only guy on there that they've used significant p- capital to get or to put on their team. Everyone else was either a second or third or fourth round draft pick or brought in via free agency. This is the one guy they, they, that they said you are first round caliber talent. And, by going out and getting him in the same draft that they got Tua, I think it, it says a lot about you how want to much... pair these guys for their exactly. Career, yeah. So I think you have to, if you're him, if you're Austin Jackson, I think you have to kind of step up if you're going to be this first round caliber player. You really need to make sure that you're taking care of your quarterback of the future that you were drafted to protect. And I'm not going to argue with you there because, like I said, it's always a good move to pick a lineman or to pick an offensive line when it comes mm-hmm. to these younger. Quarterbacks. I think the offensive it's super line important is important to keep. 
keep these quarterbacks clean. Again, I think it's, you know, the way you guys said, you know, for the Steelers, going with the offensive line was a great pick, uh, and I just focused on Kendrick Green. I think it's the same thing here. This is the only guy on the offensive line of this unit, similar to Kendrick Green and the Steelers, that was used with high draft capital. And, and there was there was extreme expectations for him. So I'm going to go the singular guy, Austin Jackson. The New England Patriots really reloaded this offseason in the free agency market and also took a quarterback with their first round pick as Mac Jones might be the heir apparent to Tom Brady now. Stephon Gilmore is who I went with, though, as their most important player. The former Depoy is the face of that Patriot defense. Uh, like I said, that defense reloaded on some big time players like Matt Judon. Um Gilmore only played 11 games this past season, so hopefully he can return to that defensive player of the year form for New England because, you know, I, I think that's how Belichick is going to try to play this season out. He's going to try to run the ball on offense. Cam Newton's probably going to be his starter to start the year. I don't know how long that lasts, but he's going to want to control that ball. A lot of tight end passing, a lot of running of the football, trying to keep that, uh, uh, trying to keep possession for majority of the game. And the defense is all going to be about stopping the run, and he needs that. Stephon Gilmore to be that lockdown guy that can take any number one wide receiver out of the game. So I think for Belichick's plans to work, I think, you know, he loves to cut the head off of the the snake. And I think that Gilmore is a great tool at cutting that head off whenever he's playing at a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's the best player on that team um, is, is Stephon Gilmore, but the guy I'm going to go with for one of the reasons that you mentioned is Damian Harris, the, the running back, because of the fact that they're going to run the ball. You're going to have to run the ball. And I mean, he wasn't bad last year. You know, Damian Harris definitely wasn't. And you got to think of the situation he was in too last year. Um, it wasn't exactly ideal uh, because I mean, Cam Newton wasn't good. And then, you know, you had all the drama w with the backup quarterback with Stidham coming in, you know, 691 yards on 137 attempts, five yards of carry. That's pretty damn good. Um, only had two touchdowns, but he kind of came into his role later in the year. And I think he's even more important because of the fact that you still don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterback position. You don't know if it's going to be Cam Newton. You don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones, but either way, it takes some pressure off of whoever it is. If Damian, Damian Harris can help out, Damian Harris can, can, you know, get the ground running. I, I think he's the most important just because it takes the onus off of Cam if he's bad. And it takes the onus off of Mac Jones just because he's inexperienced. I'll tell you who it's not. It's not third-string nose tackle Byron Coart, the guy who came out today and said, with Tom Brady and the Bucks visiting the Patriots in October this year, there's not going to be a ceremony to to thank Tom Brady. Who the hell does Byron Coart think he is by saying that? There it's, might not be, though. No, there absolutely will uh, be. Belichick. There absolutely uh, will be. Belichick. Oh, Robert Kraft. It's all about Kraft. It's all about Kraft. And Kraft, there's no one on this earth who loves Tom Brady more than Byron. Or, than, <laughs> no, than not Byron. Not, no, not Byron Coart. But it's certainly not him. I'm going to go with the receiver core here. Uh, I like the pick that Kellerman and Damian Harris, but I think – one of these guys just has to step up. It's so pathetic how bad that unit has become. It's almost as bad as the Philadelphia Eagles were last year. There's no one on that receiving core. Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Byrne, Nikhil Harry. I don't know any one of these guys that has ever been even close to being a number solid number two guy, let alone someone can be number one. Someone's got to step up. Someone's got to make life easier for Cam Newton or if it's Mac Jones down the line. The New York football Jets, I got Elijah Vera Tucker in the offensive line. The 
Elijah Vera Tucker, they used their second first-round pick on the guard out of USC, kind of like how the Dolphins paired Tua with Austin Jackson a couple of years ago. Maybe this is what the Jets have in mind for a nice battery between Vera Tucker at guard and Wilson at quarterback, but it's all about protecting Wilson. I mean, he, just as much as you're certain Trevor Lawrence is the day one starter, you're just as certain that Zach Wilson's the day one starter when it comes to the Jets. So you just got to be able to keep him upright because, uh, again, it's all about his development, and you don't want him to have his development hindered because he's got too much pressure on his face or have him potentially get injured because he's getting hit too many times. And I think that's a great pick is Vera Tucker. Um, and I, I think he would have been my guy or the offensive line as whole as a whole would have been my guy. But the guy I'll go with to be a little different is Makai Becton, just because when you look at the jets and what they've done with their offensive line, there's clearly, uh, and again, this is kind of weird. I made this point when we talked about the Browns in the last episode, it's weird because they're clearly trying to build a position and it's not exactly something you talk about with the jets as of late mm-hmm. or the Browns. I know the last two years have been different for the Browns, but you get my drift. Um, it, you can see what they're trying to do um, with that offensive line, and especially on the left side with Becton and with Vera Tucker. They're definitely trying to build and try to keep, you know, I know Becton wasn't in the plan for Zach Wilson, but definitely Vera Tucker with Zach Wilson. Um, you're trying to keep that offensive line together, and I think Becton can kind of break Tucker in a little too. I think Becton's pretty good, uh, pretty good left tackle, a solid left tackle in this league. So, yeah, I mean, that's the guy I would go with, but I can't disagree with Vera Tucker at all. Yeah, I had Vera Tucker. I just thought it's guaranteed that he's going to be the starter. They were drafted together for a reason. I think you have to be reliant if you are drafted in the position of of which you were taken. One guy I had in my honorable mention that I I think – could really be a big time playmaker still is CJ Mosley, the inside yeah, linebacker. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while. He was part of that. Dra- he was year, part of yeah. that. He didn't play last year. He opted out. He oh, didn't play a single he, game well, last two years season. ago. He only then, played in two, two games years ago, in 2019 because yeah, he got hurt first that year. year yeah. He was part of the big free agent class that brought Le'Veon Bell to right. New York too. It was going to be Bell and Mosley. Yep. And I think Mosley still could be really good. He's only 28 yeah. despite missing the past two seasons. But and we'll see what that does. You know, missing yeah, two full years. I know it's not quoted his as fault. saying it's a breath of fresh air, but. We'll see. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. You could I mean, have that's lost a step. look at what happened to Bell. I know the situations aren't yeah. the same, but you know, you step away from football. It's hard. It's tough, no doubt. The AFC West, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning back-to-back champions of this great conference we call the AFC. But we'll start with the Vegas Raiders. I would say probably the Chiefs' biggest rival as it stands right now in that division. They play the Chiefs pretty tough every single year. Yeah, but in terms of in year. terms of taking away the division, you have. It's the, it's the their Chargers. biggest rival is um, the Tom Char- Brady because they can't beat Tom Brady for whatever reason. He beat their ass in the AFC Championship game. Okay, but I'm saying taking away the, the division Bowl. crown, it's the Chargers, the Chiefs. For this season, I agree. As I thought last as- season too. I think for the foreseeable future here with Justin Herbert. Did the Chiefs beat the? Did the Chargers beat the Chiefs last year? They might have. I don't know. No, they didn't. Did they? I I, they I, I mean, yeah. Okay, maybe the Raiders give. Will they go play head tough. to head better. But I still think the Chargers stand the better chance year in, year out of taking away the division crown from the Chiefs. Well, maybe if this guy plays extremely well, it will be the Raiders. I have the most important player being Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think he has the potential to be a top five running back in this league, and I think he will reach that potential. I think the problem is, and maybe this is a, a negative, like least important person for them, I don't know if Gruden will be 
patient enough to commit to being a heavy run team with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Gruden loves to pass the ball, and, that, and he loves Derek Carr. Man. And that's even more illustrated by taking Kenyon Drake. He's more of a he needs to run the ball more. But right, you're right, right, Kenyon Drake's more of an out of the back. He's more field, of like, a right. I mean, he catches the ball in space. He's a burner. He can, I mean, granted, he's had some success with the running game. Don't get me wrong, but you can see that 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 is in Gruden's head, as you said. Like a guy like Kenyon Drake, he catches a screen or you know what I mean, a pass across the middle or something. He could take it 65 yards and a score just because he has that type of speed. But if they can commit to Josh Jacobs, man, I think they can be a really good football team yeah. this season. Not maybe contender for a championship game or anything like that, but a sneak into the playoff type of team. You got to take things away from Derek Carr. I know Derek Carr's a pretty above average quarterback, but you don't want to put way too much on his plate or treat him like he's a Tom Brady. Because he's not. Because he's not. So you want to supplement that with a really strong running game, and they have a great back in Jacobs. And they, I think they have a good one-two punch. To yeah, hell, even a, a, a three-punch. Jalen Richard isn't a bad third back to have. Um, but, yeah, um, I agree. I agree with your point Josh about Jacobs. Jacobs. Uh, but the guy I go with, I mean, just to be a little different, Darren Waller, um, just because I don't think they're wide receiving. Like he's so uh, I don't think their receiving core is great. Uh, I mean, Henry Ruggs is good, and he showed flashes. A John, lot to prove. John Brown was a good signing. He's a, more of a security blanket. You know what you're getting with John Brown. Their third guys, uh, Brian Edwards, which, okay. But, you know, they have Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, Willie Sneed. It's not a bad group of wide receivers, but it's almost like you add another wide receiver with Darren Waller just because he's he's so good, and he's – I mean, he's been, he's probably the third best You'll tight end in football. You'll see Renfro become that third guy, too. More. I think so. Because he's yeah. going to do the slot stuff. He's going to do the dirty work. Gruden, yeah. Gruden loves a guy like that. No doubt. Um, but I think Waller definitely makes that offense better when you have the third best tight end in football. You're in some elite company, considering it's Kittle and Kelsey, whatever order you want to put them in. Um, and then it's Darren Waller. That's some elite company. And really quick about Josh Jacobs. Um, a fantasy thing. He's falling in a lot of like drafts just because people of are people are worried. And they're the worried about Drake. with Drake, but I don't think that's real. If they rely on the run at all, I think I think Jacob's gonna have a monster year, and that's even more to your point, Tom. I'll go defense here. I'll go Yank and Gakwe. Their defense was horrible See, last year. I have my honorable mention as Clellan Farrell, the guy opposite of Yank. Okay, that's fair. I just think that he's just a little bit bigger of a name. He is he a was the name. big free agent guy that they pursued this year. My theory was it's important for Cleland to realize his NFL potential that he has being a first round pick, whereas Yannick has already realized that potential. But I agree with I you. Get They're that, both but extremely you, you, important. You don't want Yannick to fall off because he's getting older. Yeah, and you're brought in for a reason. You're brought in because Cleland's probably not cutting the mustard. You, you need help on defense. Their defense ranked in the bottom third in every which way you 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 set it up, and I think. You, you you don't just go out and get Yannick Ngakwe just because you're John Gruden. You you say this is my guy, man. No, this don't is try it. This is you tried it earlier good. and it wasn't as good as oh please. Oh, get out of here. But uh, yeah, I think Yannick Ngakwe's got to be a hugely important piece uh, for this defense. The defending AFC champions, the Super Bowl champions. Don't talk about my John Gruden impression. I was I was I was I was I was ready for it. I I was coming and hot with it, and you just shut it down as soon as I started. I have Orlando Brown Jr. and Joe Tooney as my most important players for the Kansas City Chiefs. Two additions they made this offseason on their offensive line. The reason why the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay was the offensive line play. And they were just getting burned by the Tampa Bay front. I mean, it was like a turnstile at some points. It was almost laughable watching Patrick Mahomes run for his life in that backfield. So they decided to move on from Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Uh, they also don't have their starting tight or center from last year, Austin Ryder. So 
a whole new look offensive line for the Chiefs, but it's a new look that they uh, chose to pursue on their own. It wasn't like they needed to sacrifice cap or anything like that. They just wanted to change things over. So they get younger at some spots. They go out and they make a trade for Orlando Brown Jr. from Baltimore. So that's a spot at tackle. They go out and they get Joe Tooney from New England to play at the guard spot. A lot of new faces on this line that they hope are that they hope they can rebuild on the fly, and it's really important that they are able to rebuild it on the fly because if not, then I do still think they'll win 14 games. But come playoff time and come playing against teams that are really really good, especially on their fronts on defense, then you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, I hear you. I think the offensive line is really important um, for the Chiefs, but the guy that for me is the most important is Tyree Kill, just because he's such a, a matchup nightmare. And you make one wrong move, he's going to beat you for a touchdown. It doesn't matter what level you're on, who's guarding him. You make one mistake, or hell, you don't even have to make a mistake. He's so fast, he can just get past you. And I think, too, he makes that offense so tough to defend because you have to allot so much attention to him. And not to say that if he were to go down, it makes the Chiefs easy to play against because you have Patrick Mahomes, you have other capable guys. The running backs are good. You know, Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson aren't bad, you know, um, wide receivers, but if you take Tyreek Hill out of that, they have a different feel. They have a different dynamic to them. They're not as versatile. They, they're not as explosive because you're losing probably the most explosive player in football in Tyreek Hill. Um, so for me, it's Tyreek Hill, but I think the offensive line is, is a good pick, Tom. The two guys in particular you brought that you mentioned. Um, even I think Edwards Hilaire is important this year to kind of maybe not put the onus on Mahomes and have him drop out 50 times a game. Granted, he's the best, I think, that I've ever seen at the quarterback position other than Tom Brady. But I, I think, it, for me, it's Tyree Kill, but you can make an argument either way there. Uh, I had the same. I just had the offensive line as a whole just because we all saw how bad the Super Bowl was for the Chiefs. Well, then I'll throw a little honorable mention your way on the defensive side, the Honey Badger, Teron Matthew. He's, I would have gone uh, Chris Jones instead of Honey Badger. I think Honey Badger, when he's playing at his, his absolute height of his powers, what are you going to do with that team? Because they're so elite offensively, and then he's going to make plays defensively turning you over. Chris Jones, also a very good defensive player. Uh, I'm going to go out on a ledge and say that the Chiefs are a pretty good team. <laughs> The L.A. Chargers, my most important player, and it has everything to do with just staying healthy, is Derwin James. Uh, I think this guy's health is maybe the single most important thing as far as the Chargers making the playoffs or missing the playoffs again this year is concerned. Uh, they've been missing their best defensive player for almost two seasons now. So if, if Derwin James can stay healthy and play like the All-Pro that we all know that he is, then I think at every single level, the Chargers defense is solid, especially when you have Joey Bosa up front complimenting Derwin James in the back. So I think if Derwin James can stay healthy, he will play at an all-pro level. It's just a matter of, is this guy legitimately going to be injury-prone his entire career, or can he finally put a season together? And I know all of L.A. is really hoping that he does. No, I hear you there. I mean, when you look at, uh, when you look at the Chargers in L.A., um, there's a couple guys that it could be. It's tough because you know you could say Austin Eckler would be really is important. You could say Bosa. Um, you know, I mean, Derwin James obviously if he's healthy. There's a handful of guys that you could that you could say, and I guess it's got to be one of those three. Um, for me, I guess it's Bosa. Um, just because Here's my honorable mention. Just because I mean, it's t this is tough to say, but. You know, can you expect Derwin James to be their most important when he hasn't? Can you expect him to play? Right. Yeah. Can you even expect him to play? No, you can't. So, um, so I think I'm going with Bosa just because it, it it makes it makes their defense so much better. 
with or without Derwin James. If you have Bosa and Derwin James, now you're really in business. Uh, but I think Bosa kind of, uh, you know, stables that that defense and makes them a hell of a lot better. And and we've, you know, it's such a small sample size that we've seen not only from from Joey Bosa, but even from from Nick Bosa. Yeah. I mean, Joey was just a rookie, or um, or not not last year, but uh, got drafted in what sixteen. So he's been in the league for a handful of years. But both guys, I feel like we haven't even seen the full potential of yet, and that's crazy. I'm gonna go Brandon Staley, head coach. As promised, I said I was going to do one head coach this episode. Questionable move for the Chargers. Tough to get. look for Anthony Lynn. Weird move for them to get rid of Anthony Lynn. The only yeah. playoff appearance you've had in what was close to a decade. A lot of people were scratching their heads over it. Then he picked it. Justin Herbert. And then, yeah. So, really tough to move on. I don't know. I, I feel bad for Anthony Lynn because I don't think he deserved to be fired. I guess the expectations were. I'm sure he landed were, on his feet. I think a couple the expe- mil in the bank. <laughs> I think the expectations, I guess, were just so high with with how they made the playoffs two years before 2020, and then you go out and get Justin Herbert, I guess they expected to make the playoffs. So for me, it's got to be on Brandon Staley is the most important. Will you be able to elevate your team to the, to the playoffs as your front office expects you to as a head coach? And finally, the forgotten child of the 2021 season. I think this should be a no-brainer. I think there's only one guy here that fits if it's Uh, the non-quarterback. I hope you don't yell at me because I'm picking Bradley Chubb. Mm, Okay. You like that, though. See, you were ready to pounce on him, but then you're like, yeah, that does make sense. He is important. To me, it's a no-brainer. It's got to be Von Miller. So I had Bradley Chubb because, look, Von Miller was making the case for the best player in football especially on the defensive side coming off that Super Bowl run. He won Super Bowl MVP in that Super Bowl. Ever since then, they've been really trying to find his Robin, and they really invested a lot in Bradley Chubb and being his Robin. People were really high on Bradley Chubb. I remember watching a video of him during the combine where Belichick went up to him and was like, we never pick high enough to pick you, but my God, son, you're a wonderful person. (laughs) Like He's like, "I, I would love to have you on my team, but I'm not picking until 32 because I always win the Super Bowl. And the Broncos took him in, I think it was top five pick, honestly. You pick five in 18. Number five in 18. Hasn't reached that top five potential yet, and they need him to to compliment Vaughn Miller. So I think a, for a team that's really, at best, maybe going to be close to 500 this year, at best, uh, I think they need Chubb to compliment Miller. It's really important. No, I think that's a good pick. I mean, it, and it's tough, too, because he missed pretty much all of 2019, did Bradley Chubb, um, after a pretty decent uh, rookie year. Um, you know, I, it, I think it's tough because you do miss that sophomore year. That's that's what we've talked about with Devin Bush. That's the year that you really learn who you are. That's where you take that big step forward. Um, I think Chubb is a good pick, and I think Vaughn Miller's kind of a, you know, I think it's on the defensive side of the ball, one of those two. Um, for me, I, I think it's got to be one of the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's Cortland Sutton, a guy that, you know, had a, a knee injury last year and missed a lot, missed pretty much all year. I think that's a guy who, I mean, I think you can make a case for any of the wide receivers, Judy or even Hamler, um, to be the most important guy because um, we know the quarterback position isn't ideal in Denver. Hell, the second guy might be better than the first guy. Bridgewater might be better than Drew Locke. But regardless of who the quarterback is, um, you know, you need a security blanket. You need a guy to go to all the time. And, and yes, that defense, I mean, you you guys both pointed out Vaughn Miller and, and Bradley Chubb. Those are two guys that you're counting on on the defensive side of the ball. And the defense is good in Denver, but you need somebody to lean on offensively. And I, I, I guess to be different, to go on the offense, offensive side of the ball, go with Cortland Sutton. That's a guy I think they sorely missed last year after coming off an ACL injury. 
I guess it's not a no-brainer, but I, I, Miller, I still yeah. said Von Miller. Just I mean, I think because you need the leadership. You need him. He wasn't really available. You need him back. You need him to be the leader on that defense, especially if you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you can elevate your team. You need your defense to also match the, the capabilities of your quarterback on offense. It's got to be, for me, it's Von Miller. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Stay tuned to our next episodes. We'll do the NFC divisions in those so if you're craving the other side of the league we will definitely get to that soon but that's gonna do it for the afc most important players if you missed the earlier episodes you can check them out at steelers.com under the podcast page just find steelers standard and you can listen for hours and hours and hours all your little heart desires uh thank you so much for listening as always for jacob recht and kellen gursky i'm tom offerman we'll talk to you next time